All right, basketball fans. Well, we promised you that um, we were going to celebrate Black History Month along with everyone else. Tariq and I obviously are very passionate about our black history and what it means to us and what it's meant to the game of basketball and to sport in general. And so um, we do have two rock stars on the podcast. And right now we are getting ready to have a conversation with Ednisha Curry, who is an assistant coach for Maine men's basketball. Welcome to the show, Ednisha. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, you realize that I said men's in that way because I was trying to put emphasis on that um, because you are <laughs> making a little bit of history right now. Well, significant history um, as you are the only woman currently serving as a full-time assistant coach in NCAA Division One's men's basketball. Congratulations to you. Thank you very much. Really appreciate that. I wish it wasn't such a, a big deal, right? Like, I wish that this was something that happened more often. We actually had um, a podcast uh, recently with Tara Vanderveer. Yep. That's who it was. And we were talking about the numbers and the percentages of opportunities available to women in coaching on the women's side and then women coaching on the men's side. At the end of the day, there just aren't enough women in coaching. But tell us about how this opportunity with um, the Maine's men's basketball team came along for you. Honestly, it, it you know, it was built upon a relationship that I had currently had had with Coach Richard Barron, um, serving as his player development and scout assistant um, for the Maine women's basketball program. And when Coach Barron took a leave in absence for health, I decided to walk away from women's basketball. It was had been something that was tugging at my heart, um, whether I even wanted to continue coaching um, college basketball. And I always felt like there was a greater purpose for me to serve, and I didn't quite know what it was. So in my time, you know, I spent a lot of time in prayer and continuing to study the game. And that's when I started um, reaching out to the NBA, and I got into the NBA assistant coaches program. And when I got in a program, I felt at home. I felt like my purpose was to be a men's basketball coach. And that's kind of how my journey started. And when Coach Barron got hired um, here at Maine, I congratulated him through a text, and the next day he offered me a job. And that's how I'm here. (laughs) And so that came along with kind of what you had already been feeling. And I'm curious about that because um, you have a great history and and with women's basketball, I mean, both as a player, you started at Cal State Northridge. Um, then you went on to Oregon. You played pro in the WNBA. You played pro overseas. So what it went into the decision of thinking um, that you were just kind of done with the women's side of things? Um, it wasn't, you know, I always t- try to tell people it's not like about women and men and me coaching women and men, I just felt like with my skill set, I wanted to be in a position to impact um, more people and empower more people. And that's what I see this position here at um, being an assistant coach for the University of Maine. I mean, it's it's been awesome for me, but the best thing about it is all the emails, the letters, um, the texts that I receive from young girls all around the world now telling me they have the courage because they see me on this platform. And 
when I think about what I was feeling when I was trying to decide, should I just walk away from coaching? What part of coaching do I want to be in? It's come full circle to I think that this is where I was supposed to be at the beginning, and I just didn't start here, but I'm right where I belong and where I needed to be, to be that impact to empower more young girls and women that want the opportunities outside of the box. And we have seen, no, thank you for those comments because it's interesting. We had a podcast called Basketball is Basketball, and Tariq and I go back and forth all the time about the debate of, you know, so our podcast was focused on Steph Curry inviting girls to his select camp, right? So we're like, hey, basketball is basketball. Girls and, and boys should be able to play together. But then we have those moments where we're like, okay, but this is women's basketball, and there are some specific um, challenges and, and differences, even in terms of the rules of the two games. So we, we kind of go back and forth because you want that acceptance. But at the same time, basketball is basketball. So thank you for those comments because we're, we're continuing to have that dialogue. But, you know, you mentioned two women, um, Bernadette Maddox and Stephanie Reddy, that had gone before you um, in, in coaching men. What role did what they've done or maybe other women who have, have coached men's basketball had on kind of your journey and where you are at this very moment? Well, Coach Maddox and Stephanie Reddy have been unbelievable um, to me um, in this journey. Um, they've become like mentors. I can just remember the first week at office when I was in the office and we were having a coaches meeting and the phone, the coach's um, phone rang in the office and our director of operations, um, Jason Coleman, answered the phone and we were in the middle of the meeting. He was like, yes, she's here. And he said, hold on. And we're in the middle of, co- in the middle of a coach's meeting. He's like, he asked Coach Barron, Coach Barron, it's Coach Maddox for Coach Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so – and. And he was like, and my and Coach Barron has been awesome um, in supporting me. He was like, oh yeah, shoot, she can take that call. Tell her we all said hi. So here I am, you know, my first week in office, I get this wonderful, just heartfelt message of support, you know, from the woman who started all in Coach Maddox, and um, it's been unbelievable. And um, Stephanie um, has been just very dear to me and helping me understand the business side of this, you know, when it comes to agents and things like that and things that I have to prepare um, on and off the court as far as far as just continuing to build my brand on a personal standpoint and the coaching side. So having their leadership and their guidance has made this year just unbelievably and unbelievable and has run so smooth because of that leadership they, they've given to me in my life. Yeah, I was actually with Stephanie Reddy not too long ago um, and, you know, had an opportunity to talk to her. I mean, she's the first female coach of a men's professional league and um, in a men's professional league. And, um, you know, we're going to have Chastity Melvin on this as well. And then Bernadette Maddox and her experience at Kentucky. Uh, but I am curious, even though we say, OK, basketball is basketball. Do you notice either fundamental differences, skill differences. I mean, we know that men just biologically, physiologically are bigger, stronger, faster, all of that. But what else do you see as differences of coaching men and women, if you see any at all? And like even, uh, you know, 
even from a development standpoint, like what are you seeing um, on the girls versus boys? Because I know you've done youth as well or men versus women. You know what? I think it's the maturation process um, that is a difference from boys to girls, you know, girls to boys, um, women to men and vice versa. It, you know, women and young girls, we tend to mature a little um, younger mm-hmm. than um, guys do. So that's the mental aspect and the mental development and focus. Um, that's a um, area that I find find different as far as coaching um, both sides. But like I tell everybody, you know, I got I got a moody I got a moody player. I got a, a a player that you know got to humble him with the ego. I got a player that lacks confidence. You know, I got a player that has it all. I got the, the coach. You know, the coach is favored. Where you know everybody's like, why can't everybody be like that guy? <laughs> and you, you have the the one the one guy on the team that has all the talent, and you see it in practice. And you're, like, excited when you go in the office. You're like, see, that's what. And then he comes in the game, and you're like, oh, my God, what is going on? So those same feelings that I felt um, on the women's side, coaching women's players, are the same people that I get an opportunity to grow and coach on the men's side. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, I'm very blessed that, you know, I've gotten the opportunity to coach in the NBA and be a part of the NBA assistant coaching program and have a pro background. Um, as a player and coach, it has really made my transition very easy in gaining the respect, um, the trust, and building relationships with, you know, all the players that um, that currently play for the University of Maine. Yeah, tell me about that experience um, of coaching in the NBA assistant coaches program. What's that about? How would you get into it? Tell us a little bit about it. I literally um, received an email from Rusha Brown and Rusha was like, I think you would love this program. And I was like, okay, what is it? What is it? Rusha the just great connector of all great things in life. So I literally just signed up for it. I put in my resume and, you know, did all that. And I was like, okay. And I kind of forgot about it. I was like, oh, no one's going to pick me. You know, you know, you just, putting all these resumes and hoping for an opportunity. And um, Jabari from the NBA called me and said, hey, you're in the program. And I was, at that time, I was still finishing my second season with the University of Maine women's basketball program. Mm -hmm. I was in playoffs when I got, um, received um, the email that said I made it into the summer program for um, the NBA assistant coaches program. So I already was, you know, kind of transitioning myself um, and building myself. Cause I, when I first signed up for the program, it was like, Oh, an opportunity to learn the game and be around um, elite mindsets of the game. And I was like, this will make me a better coach, you know, for whoever I get an opportunity um, to work for. And from that, I got in the program and, I just was like fell in love with it and the support of the NBA and my other NBA mentors. And I kind of just started moving ahead of people really fast with all of my background um, in coaching both states and internationally. 
And what was the most impactful part of the NBA co- assistant coaches program, in your opinion? Um, just the respect, this respect level of um, the coaches, um, the organizations, and the players. You know, it, it's kind of cool, you know, when, you know, you have a former NBA player, you know, that'll call me and say, hey, sis, hey, can you help me with this scouting report? Or, hey, you know, can you help me edit this video or learn this technology? So it's a great program because it brings both men and women, um, former players in the WNBA and NBA that have a passion for coaching, but it also um, sets us up as like I'm a mentor now in the program and it sets sets me up with other former players, both women and men, that I can mentee and help them through this process. Um, and, you know, we gain a, a relationship and a trust and a bond. And it's like if we go on to be head coaches, you know, we have a pool of people that we've been working with and building, you know, our coaching brand together with from the ground up, which is a great opportunity for coaches to have um trustworthy assistant coaches that they've already built this relationship with. Mm. And we both know, I was actually just on Twitter commenting that black women in particular are often left out of the circles of, um, of opportunity because we're not always or not consistently invited to those conversations, to those networks in places where, um, you know, we can earn trust, which eventually leads to hiring and other opportunities, but also where we can kind of change the conversation around black women in general. Right. Um, yeah. You know how we don't control our own images, but we also don't get the opportunity to change the perception of, of black women, which is which is challenging. What part of that? I mean, it's Black History Month and, and we've talked about, you know, some of the women that have gone before you. And, you know, I was just. We're looking at, you know, obviously C. Vivian Stringer, who holds the bar for women's coaches, women African-American coaches on that side of things, but also Carolyn Peck and Don Staley and what, you know, so many have gone on to do. But where, what are some of the challenges that you think the next generation of women that are coming along, those that are contacting you, those that are playing college basketball or WNBA right now that want to coach, what are some of the challenges that um, they have to be ready to overcome? I think the the greatest challenge is rejection and not being defeated. Um, and I always tell people throughout my story, um, it took me a while, I mean, years and years to um, get an opportunity to prove myself as a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone would say, you know, you should quit, you sh- you know, you should go do this, you should go do that, you know, you have your master's. It was so many people telling me to go in a different direction. And when you are a professional athlete or you're going through this process of coaching, especially a woman of color, it is not that many opportunities for us. It just isn't. Um, and that's sad that we're still saying that in this day and age, but that's the reality of it. So you're going to have to, be creative. Um, you're going to have to have um, a level of patience, um, perseverance, and determination um, to defeat these obstacles that you're going to face because you're going to get more no's. You know, um, when I tell people my story, when I look back, this is 
five years that you guys see of success. Mm -hmm. I'm only, this is my third year technically as a collegiate coach, two years on the women's side and one year as a men's coach. Now we're ending our season now. So you're seeing three years of success, but you're not seeing 12 years of rejection and pain where I had to just take jobs and opportunity to work on my craft and to continue to believe in myself. That's hard, especially when you're a professional athlete coming from the ranks of the WNBA and an elite, you know, college athlete. It's hard to be so high up your whole life. And then when you get to where you want to do something, especially with coaching, you're not good anymore. Mm -hmm. And you have to fight the doubt in everything that you're going to hear to continue to push forward because this, I will be not telling the truth. I would be a liar if I told anybody that this is easy. This is not easy. And you have to be truly passionate about your purpose and what you want to do to be a woman of color and to fight to be a coach. That's just the reality of it. Wow. That's really, 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 really powerful. Um, a couple more questions for you. You know, I was reading in an article that Cecilia Towns wrote on ESPNW, which was fantastic <laughs> about your career and so on. And um, you talked a little bit about not fitting into the mold, but then you also just mentioned, and I'm trying to pull the quote up here to make sure I have it exactly correct. Hold on one second. Tariqa, you can cut this out because I'm trying to find this quote. Um, got it. So to the point that you were just making, you said before Coach Barron gave me a yes, I pretty much had 14 years of no's, unfortunately. I got a lot of rejection on the women's side of the game. I was told I couldn't coach, that I didn't have the right coaching style, the right look, the right social media presence. What was that part about? Like that really stood out to me that number one, you were told you couldn't coach, but that your coaching style and your look and your social media presence, like what was the expectation there? And what did you eventually take away from that? I was always going to be at Nisha no matter what. And I accepted that throughout my path. Um, because when I started, Everyone said, everyone gave me their outline of what success was supposed to be for me. Mm -hmm. Well, if you want to coach here, this is what you have to do. If you want to coach here or you want to be in this circle, you have to do this, this, this. And I never accepted that. And it was okay if I didn't get yeses early because I was going to be my authentic self. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like you should give all of you to someone without giving to yourself. And I think sometimes, a lot of times in coaching, especially with assistant coaches, a lot of assistant coaches have trouble um, with this and balancing the act of serving a head, a head coach and not making your head coach insecure and things like this and having a voice still. Um, because as an assistant coach, you are the, the silent assassins on staff. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and some head coaches allow, you know, um, their assistant coaches to have their own social media and, and, and let them be them. And some don't. Some prefer that their social media be all about them, their head mm-hmm. coach. Like everything is geared towards them. And I don't think that that's healthy, mm-hmm. you know, because we should all be serving each other for one common goal. You know, when you look at my current social media, it I cannot ever be Coach Barron, and he can never be at Nisha Curry. But my messaging and everything that is on my social media, whether it's family, friends, or just my personal messaging of what I believe in in life and in the world, are the same messaging that is a part of the University of Maine's culture and what Coach Barron believes in. So it is. It, it wasn't anything for me to just be myself. He hired me for that. He didn't hire me to change me for me to act or look or think or or be this certain way. He hired me just to be at Nisha Curry and bring those qualities to the main men's basketball program. And I think, and I and I'm happy for that. And I took in Latina when I'm telling you I took a sacrifice. <laughs> accepting all of those no's <laughs> because I wanted to be me. I wanted to wake up every day and be happy. You know, I didn't want to pretend to be happy in a job to make someone else happy. Mm. And I'm, I'm very blessed that it, you know, that having that faith and that prayer and that support system for my own father um, and family has guided me to 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 live that way. And I wake up every day and I'm like, I can be me, I can serve my head coach, I can serve this university, and I can be impactful without feeling like I have to hide who I am, hide my beliefs, hide anything for fear of I might lose my job or for fear of what other people may think of me because that really doesn't matter to me. And, and and that attitude probably is a reason why I had a lot of no's, but I'm I'm happy about it because I'm me, you know, and, and I'm not faking it. I'm not going to work faking it and then coming home being something else. I'm me. I'm authentically me. And this journey has been special because of that. You know, they always say once you figure out who you are, you figure out your place in the world. And it takes a lot of courage. Amen. To say, listen, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. If you don't like it, fine. <laughs> you know, if you do, hey, maybe there's an opportunity, but just not selling yourself short. And just want to thank you for, for everything you're doing. I know that you have worked hard and in the trenches, you know, your work internationally with Junior NBA and you know, I know you've done some 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 work with Nike and pre-draft stuff, and you've been in, in China and Vietnam and Israel <laughs> and Palestine. I mean, all over the world, taking your love for the game. So you've had a great journey from being a player yeah. to where you are. But it's people like you and and Jenny Busek and and Christy Tolliver now, and um, you know all the women, Becky Hammond, absolutely, who are coaching. You know, and that's on the NBA side, but are, are coaching men. You know, because you're giving another young girl a dream of what she can do. And in particular for you 
as a black woman with all the challenges that you face. So thank you so much for your time. And girl, you just dropped some gems on here. We appreciate it. And um, yeah, let us, Hey, we're going to have you back on the show because we want to dig more into one thing we've been trying to do in the summer is do more AU. And I know you do youth development work. So I would love for you to talk about what's going right and wrong in youth development, but we'll save that for next time. Um, Yeah, that'd be a good one. But for now, thank you so much and um, happy Black History Month. Thank you. Have a great day.